Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. Think you're emotionally intelligent? What does that even mean? Why must you have these skills on the job and in your relationships? Today, episode 18 of the Grow Forward Today podcast, you'll meet my guest, Kathy Hansen, who has been educating youth, young adults, and adults her whole life. She wants to give you some tips today on how to be more emotionally intelligent and why that is vital to your personal leadership development. Ready to grow forward? Welcome, friends. In 1995, Daniel Goldman started talking about emotional intelligence. The year I started my leadership, first leadership position. And it took several years for me to hear this term enough times and then be convinced that a person's EQ was immensely more important than their IQ. Most people don't get fired from jobs because of their lack of technical expertise. It's almost always because of sketchy interpersonal skills. Yet how many people have taken a class on EI and gotten assessed as to how much of it they possess? Sure, no one is probably urging you to do it today, yet if it's vital to your success in business and in life, why is this not a core skill that we need to devote time to every year in our professional growth plans? Well, hopefully today, you'll get a better understanding of what makes up emotional intelligence, and maybe, just maybe, you'll want to get assessed by a certified EI facilitator to start taking your relational skills to the next level. Well, my guest today is Kathy Hansen. Here's a little bit about Kathy. She's been an educator for 26 years in various capacities. She has a passion for transformational growth. That's why we're kindred spirits. Love those phrases. (laughs) Transformational growth and development through continued education and communication strategies. Kathy has educated at various levels, included included K-12, higher education, and corporate America, and now with assessments 24-7 since 2018. She began her career as a middle school teacher, oh, God bless you, followed by a detour to become a corporate trainer. These experiences prepared her to become the Director of Educational Certification and Career Services at Whitworth University. Bucks my son graduated, uh, where she certified K-12 teachers, principals, and school counselors and coached them on all aspects of obtaining a job in their field. She did that for 14 years. Kathy has written professional articles for educational magazines and online organizations. And finally, Kathy was recruited by Assessments 24-7 in 2018 into her dream job, combining assessment-based coaching with her formal education, leadership roles, and success as an educator gives her a unique blend of skills and experience to bring out the gifts of others in their life. Kathy has a Bachelor of Arts in Elementary Education, me too, with an emphasis in (laughs) theater arts and a Master of Education and Administrative Leadership, me too. She is an avid cyclist, adventurist, gardener, and a proud military wife. And Kathy was the one who certified me through the company 24-7 Assessments to facilitate EI, and I wanted to introduce her to all you listeners today because of her expertise. So welcome, Kathy. 
Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, we have a lot in common as I read the, uh, I know, the bio. I forgot about that. It's been, a, it's been a hot minute since you got certified, so I had forgotten all of those details. So uh, other, other than we're in physical close proximity as well geographically. So uh, yeah, so thank you. I, I'm excited yes. to be here. Yeah. The, the beloved Northwest. Yes. yes. And we're finally yes. getting spring. It's taken <laughs> longer than normal. <laughs> yep. Indeed. Indeed. Well, like me, you've been an educator your whole career. What, yes. what did you enjoy most about middle school teaching and what principles of teaching did you use then that you still use today with adult learners? Mm. Well, you know, uh, all of my career, which you're going to hear today, was unexpected every step of the way. Wow. <laughs> I didn't plan any of it, <laughs> including becoming a middle school teacher. In fact, when I was in my teacher ed program at Whitworth University, one of my professors pegged me as a middle school teacher. And I said, bite your tongue. I won't do it. <laughs> that age level. I won't do it. And uh, I was a substitute teacher for a while and loved that. Um, which probably says a lot about my personality as well. Yes. And I kept ending up in those middle school classes and I just fell in love. What I loved most about them, uh, first of all, you know, they kept me on their toes, but I love that I could just kind of shake things up with them and they would go with the flow, right? I could just do really unusual things with them and they would roll with it. I, I enjoyed creating those relationships and they're at this weird age, as you know, <laughs> Which is why I notoriously hear people say it takes a special person, a special breed, right? And I guess I am that breed. Kids, when they're really small, they're very honest and in a very innocent way. So it's not offensive. As, as you get into middle school, they're still honest. They start getting that attitude though, right? Yep. Um, and I loved just sort of ribbing them and, and uh, sort of playing into that. Um so I, I just love that honesty and their willingness to try new things. Uh, one of the things I used to do, I'll just say real quick, I, I, um, I taught math and I, at the very beginning of every class had a, a, an exercise that they would have to do. And I would play classical music in the background, lots of research around that. And at first, you know, moans and groans at the beginning of the year, what is this, what is this? And within a couple of weeks, I would, you know, sort of accidentally not turn on the music and inevitably somebody would turn it on because they, they, <laughs> it, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, principles that, uh, that I still use today, the number one thing is this. They want to know that you care and that you're fair. Those two things. Mm. Um, when you have that, you've built trust with that person and it makes such a difference whether you're, you're teaching, whether you are in a personal relationship with your professional relationships. And so through my teaching career, no matter what level I'm teaching and interacting with, those are the two basic principles that they want to know. They want to know that you care about them. And I don't, I don't mean you have to be touchy feely, but if they know that you're invested in them, then you build that trust. Right. And that moves the relationship and the educational relationship forward. Same thing with personal relationships. It's it's basic instinctual needs throughout our, our lives. Um, so uh, and then a real quick one is that no matter what I'm teaching, when it's live workshops, classes, what, seminars, whatever it is, if you bring treats and prizes, it doesn't matter what age level. They love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's why people on their on their Pelotons, they want to get the water bottle or the t-shirt. Yeah. They don't need another water bottle, but it's they a don't. prize. They win, right? They <laughs> want something. They want to win something. And and I would say adults were more um enthusiastic about that even than the kids. <laughs> yes, because we don't win as many things when we become right? adults. That's right. right. That's right. That's very true. We don't. <laughs> yeah. I got a plaque for serving on a board. I'm like, wow. You know, yeah, it's like, right? like, like I was a little kid back in second grade getting a, a trophy yeah. for soccer, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't, I just want a key ring. Oh my gosh. A key ring. That's fantastic. With a logo on it. A pen. <laughs> yes. So there's probably something to this whole gamification thing for adults and trainers, yes. right? Uh, are <laughs> you are you a big fan of gamification? You know, I'm not. I haven't really delved into it yet, but I'm curious for sure. Yeah. I was in a seminar yesterday about Mentimeter. So there's a little plug for uh, this program called Mentimeter, which allows you to, uh, you know, make questions, make things interactive on virtual and you can put in fun pictures and you can make a, a speed game with uh, review questions from your seminar. And I thought I'm totally using that because it's just nice. fun. It, it, well, it adds engagement. You know, maybe once you learn that and get that down, I'll have you train me how to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll see if the we best can way. that into our processes. <laughs> yes oh the yeah, substitute yeah. bag of tricks yeah he is always oh, in there seriously i loved it i loved it but you did have to have a bag of tricks yep you bet for sure <laughs> well what lured you into the corporate classroom from the k-12 classroom and was that a difficult jump and you actually had a couple jumps there in your journey mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, again, none of it was planned. It just sort of happened. Um, so I, so I wasn't necessarily lured, but at the time, you know, what I loved about teaching, what I always love about teaching is the actual teaching, the engagement. What I didn't love about K-12 um, teaching was the politics. And we, that's a whole other podcast that I probably will never do, but um, you know, <laughs> teachers just want to teach, you know, and uh, that, that, that was 25 years ago or 20 years ago ish that, that I did that. Um, uh, and so I, I, I was already sort of having a hard time with that piece of it. I think I always knew I wouldn't be in the K-12 classroom though. I just didn't know what else I was going to do. This other opportunity just came up. As it turns out, it was at Safeco Insurance. I knew nothing about insurance in my policy. I mean, have you ever read your insurance policy? Of oh. course not. No. So I knew nothing about it. So I didn't think I'd get this job, but they were looking for a certified trainer, teacher to come in. And I didn't know at the time, I found out two years later that I was an experiment. I didn't, I'm glad I didn't know at the time. <laughs> but I got the job because I'm, I'm a trained teacher. And the, the experiment was this. Instead of having somebody within the company who knows the content um, train everybody else, and maybe they don't have those skills, let's hire a certified teacher who has that skill and teach them the content and see what happens. <laughs> okay. So I got to learn insurance policies and teach them in a fun way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for my theater um, uh, emphasis yeah. In, yeah. in my, yeah, right? 
little uh, improv, so, little yeah, improv little there. A little bit of improv, a little bit of skits, a little bit of improv. We had a lot of fun. How do you make it fun? That's how we did it. So it wasn't wow. a difficult jump for me. You know, on one hand, it certainly was because I knew absolutely zero about insurance yeah. policies, a lot of yeah. pressure. Um, but every teacher knows that you even, you know, when you're learning content, all you have to do is be one step ahead of everybody else <laughs> until you become an expert. True. So that's that's kind of how I handled that. Um, so um, in that sense, it was a difficult jump, but I really enjoy the challenge. I'm, I'm a learner as well as a teacher. And so as I learn new things, I, I you know, I feel smarter, right? <laughs> and yeah. so in that sense, it was a yeah, great yeah. adventure. Yeah, it was a great adventure for me. Um, so then wow, you had, that, oh, sorry. I wonder if ahead. there's any, oh, I was wondering if there are any advice. You said none of this was planned, right? But you're a learner. Right. And there was there was challenge which motivated you and I bet you there's a lot of listeners that are motivated by challenge and taking new ground and you know taking the next hill I'm wondering if there's any advice for uh, a listener who might be considering a career change but is hesitant because either they don't know that uh, the next jump and what that's going to entail but maybe they could be the right person for that job talk a little bit about that Absolutely. You know, I would just say make your plans if you're a planner, but know that there are other opportunities out there that you may not have considered. Um, when, when I was teaching teachers, one of the things I talked about was, you know, if you're thinking as you're getting, you know, close to getting your teaching degree and then you're questioning whether you really want to do this, that's okay. These are transferable skills. There are many, many, many things you can do with the experience and the training that you have. So rely on that. Trust yourself. Every single job that you've ever had has some transferable skills. So cast your net wide and don't be afraid to dip your toes into something that is different and look for what are the commonalities that you have right now that might be able to, uh, you know, get you into that world. But cast that net wide. Try new things. Whatever opportunities are out there, there are so many opportunities out there that we don't even think about. So, and even if you're in a role and you're thinking, well, you know, I'll hang out here for a while, continue to keep your eyes open for opportunities. You just never know when something's going to fall in your lap. Ask your net wide. Yeah, the jobs that exist today didn't even, a lot of them didn't even exist 25 years ago when right? we started out, right? Yeah. And, and 25 years from now, they're going to be totally different things on the, on the bottom of a business card. So it is yeah. really fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, I'm noticing that the current generation coming up, right, they're kind of they're creating their own careers. They're creating their own jobs, things that didn't exist before. They're finding a need and they're figuring out how to meet that need. It's incredible. I don't know that I could have done that, but but uh, there's something about this current generation that they're very skilled in that. And some companies are hiring people based on the those transferable skills they have, even though they're not fit for the position they posted for, but they're yes. like, I will find a job for you because you are so gifted in so many areas. That's fascinating yes. too. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I was on a lot of hiring committees and, and that kind of thing happened all the time. Well, initially. Kathy, when you get a chance to write publications, what topics yes. educate readers about? Oh boy. Um, so typically it was whatever 
they wanted to hear about. So most of the time editors would send me questions from their readership. But if not, then I would just focus, focus on issues at hand for that particular audience, right? So similar to when we do our live webinars, their free webinars, um, we're, we're getting a pulse on what is it that people need. Um, we typically have a list of requests and we try to meet those needs. But if we've already met all of those, then we think about, well, what do people need right now? What's going on? Uh, what's the pulse on our clients and, and uh, what do we think would be helpful for them? So, um, so that's kind of how I did that. Um, I think one of my favorite columns uh, that I ever wrote was about how substitute teaching could be fun and how to use that experience to catapult your teaching career. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How to be the best substitute teacher. And guess what? It is not rocket science. It's not hard, but a lot of people don't really know how to do that well. So that was a really fun article to write. And it was really key at the time because at that time, most, um, most people were having to substitute teach. It kind of, there was a pendulum, you know, over a uh, surplus, you know, um, and shortage, you know, we go back and forth all the time. A lot of people were having to substitute teach. So that, that was appropriate for that time. So that was a fun one. Let me piggyback off that. Uh, it is a skill set for substitute teaching. You said though, it's, it's not rocket science, but I am betting there were some key skills in substitute teaching that would apply to being successful in any leadership role. If you could pull a few of those out for us today, what would you say? Well, number one, again, have your plan, but expect the unexpected, really, um, especially for substitute teaching. Um, sometimes you'd have a planned absence from a teacher, but sometimes it was an emergency and you literally, I remember walking into a high school, uh, getting the late call, walking into a high school, class was already in session um, and the teacher had to leave. And so somebody was just covering. I walked in, the principal was in the hall, ready to greet me, handed me the plans and high-fived me. And on I went down to calculus. And I knew nothing about calculus at the time, even though I, I taught middle school math, not calculus. <laughs> Right. So um, you have to be able to go with the flow. You have to be able to adjust and you have to be able to admit to yourself and when appropriate with others. Um, you know, if you, uh, you know, I don't know the answer to this, for example, or I'm not sure about this, but let's figure this out together. You know, so that honesty and authenticity of recognizing where am I at right now? And I'm going to be completely honest about it, but here's where we are. So let's move forward with it. Right. And then being able to solicit, I think the expertise of the other people within that um, situation in that particular situation, I had to help some of the students show me around. <laughs> right? And where are you? And, and <laughs> what assignment are you working on? And who's really proficient at this and let's figure this out. You know, and uh, so students got to do some teachbacks with each other. I didn't need to know calculus that day. It was great. So, yeah, so that flexibility is absolutely key. Have a plan. Be open for the unexpected. Yep. Go with the flow. Yeah. Solicit the right kind of help. And let's figure this out together. Uh, that does yes. great principles for all leaders. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I remember how as a teacher, I had an absentee helper. That was one of the room jobs in, uh, in elementary school. So that when a substitute would come in, there would be the one person that would say, all right, substitute, let me tell you what we actually do in this classroom. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's true. It's otherwise, true. otherwise, the rest of the class took advantage of the substitute teacher. Like, oh my uh, goodness. yeah, every single time you walked in, you'd hear him substitute, lots oh, of substitutes, substitutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I had my bag of tricks with that, too. <laughs> oh man, if you can do that well, you could do anything well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now you work for uh, assessments 24 7 and you call it your dream job. Why? Well, the short answer is I get to have an impact in a way where I actually get to see and hear about the positive results in people's lives all the time. I mean, what's better than that? I, what I want most is to be able to constantly have impact on people's lives. Uh, and that in, in turn, you know, impacts me, right? And often we don't get to see what the impact is. I get to see it and hear about it all the time because we have great relationships with our clients and they tell us right plus on my calls with people as you can imagine you've been through this process with me the aha moments those are my favorite i love it when people say oh my gosh this makes so much sense now i get it the longer answer there is that you know i'm a career educator and learner and so as i said you know none of my career moves were planned but after each job that I had, I started to see very clearly how the previous roles prepared me for the next one, right? As oh. if there was a plan that I wasn't aware of, you know, mm. and a couple of times I even resisted, <laughs> I know, right? Um, and almost didn't go down a particular path and I was literally plucked up and placed on the correct road. Um, and so on a cumulative level, everything came together. So when this job came across my path, I was looking to make a change within a couple of years, but it sort of fell into my lap as, you know what, we actually need you right now because we're busy, we're growing. So, and it was as if every single previous job prepared me for this moment. And it's so impactful that I just, I know this is what I'm going to do right into retirement. So I love it. Wow. Uh, it would be a fun activity. Uh, you, you know, Hindsight's 2020, you're able to look back and go like, oh, look at all those jobs prepared me for what I'm doing now. That would right. almost be a fun activity. I might add this to my repertoire, but yes. uh, to think back with clients yes. to what has prepared you for what you're doing in this current season in your life. Absolutely. For such a time as this, right? Absolutely. Oh, yes. And it's really just transferable skills and if, if uh, growth, hopefully growth, <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully intentional growth along the way. Absolutely. It's really fun when you can see those kinds of things come together, especially there were a couple of times when I thought I was on the wrong path and I was super frustrated. Yeah. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, there was one time when I was going a different route. And as I said, literally plucked up circumstance doors closed. And the only one that was open was the one that ultimately I was supposed to take, but didn't know it at the time. And it turned out great. Wow. Yeah, there's no wasted experience. Well, there doesn't have to be any experience, any pain that we go through in our experiences that we can't get some type of intentional growth from. Right. So that's that's a really good point, Kathy. Here, before we go into our break, let me just give a couple minutes on a short plug for your organization and why sure. our listeners 
should definitely avail themselves of the resources there. Yeah. So, you know, as a company, one of our goals is to help people to be as successful as they can be. And of course, for us, that means using assessments in a myriad of ways, plus having a great team behind you. So we're really committed to customer service. So in my particular role, I get to be on the front lines. I get to talk to clients. I get to see the transformation, the aha moments, all of those things. Um, and when you can make just one tiny little adjustment to how you communicate and interact and understand others, um, that one little thing can change the entire experience. And that is what we want people to have. And we're dedicated to that. You know, and I almost wanted to turn that back on you, Paul, because you're aware of all of the tools that we provide, right? Your own dashboard, the white label reports, the materials, you know, various reports and training. Is it okay for me to turn that back to you and ask what your experience has been? Yeah, if we're through, it was great to take the assessment because I heard about it for so many years, the emotional intelligence one specifically, although you've yeah. also given me some training in DISC uh, as well and, and how they both go together. So that was invaluable training. Mm -hmm. But to take it for the very first time and go, okay, this is what everyone's been talking about. <laughs> now yep. I could see yep. what, the, what the four main areas of emotional intelligence are and where I rank myself on that. And then to try to try to glean the learnings from each of the major facets of emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. So that was all worthy, but then to be able to go, okay, now I feel pretty good about uh, facilitating this with uh, teams of people. Yes, I feel pretty confident because of your training on that. And like you said, your company gives uh, free webinars, you know, of how to even get more goodness out of those yep. assessments. It gives you a whole, uh, like you said, dashboard of free resources, like 52 ways to improve your emotional intelligence this year. And I thought, right. man, these are all gold. I'm downloading everything. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we try to do. And we continue to add those kinds of materials based on the requests of clients. When we start getting more and more requests, I already have a list of things that I want to create. So it's just a continual process for it. For, for awesome. us. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to dive into emotional intelligence after our break. You okay. are listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. You can connect with me on LinkedIn at Paul D. Casey and my guest, Kathy Hansen, on LinkedIn at Kathy Stevens with a PH in the middle, Hansen. And we'll be right back after the break. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry teams team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more, and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. 
Welcome back to the Grow Forward Today podcast. And I am with Kathy Hansen, and we're going to talk some EI, some emotional intelligence. So Kathy, it's one of the assessments in which you're an expert at administering and coaching. Yes. Why is emotional intelligence needed by adults in any career more than ever now than before? Oh boy. You know, uh, you almost only have to say the words, well, the past couple of years, <laughs> and everybody yeah. in, on a global level knows exactly where you're going, at least to some respect. We, they know exactly what you're referring to, right? So, so, so what is it? So EI, emotional intelligence, is essentially in our ability to understand ourselves and others to identify and respond appropriately to our emotions and the emotions of those around us and to communicate effectively. Everybody has emotions. This doesn't mean that you need to become a touchy-feely emotional person if you're not, but everybody has emotions. And if you're not aware of what those are, there's a chance that you might be responding to them inappropriately. So behaviors look very different for people with high EI and low EI. And the potential for misunderstanding and miscommunication followed then by unappealing consequences is much higher when EI is not clearly understood. So what does it affect? It affects everything, communication, uh, decision-making, leadership, sales, teamwork, productivity and performance, personal relationships, personal and professional, um, customer service, conflict management. One of the things we like to say I probably said it on your debrief is whether your EI is high or low, there will be consequences, right? So it literally touches yep. every aspect of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And as you think about all the training topics in the world, you know, and, and all the trainers in the world, and there's not too many skills that really are that all encompassing that you just said. I mean, there's yes. casting vision and leading change and uh, all the different things that are in my portfolio, time management. And yet each one of them, you could just put emotional intelligence over the top or That's maybe right. in the middle <laughs> of yes. all of them, right? Yes, everywhere. Absolutely. Because if that's, if that's not clear for you, <laughs> then absolutely there are consequences in your life personally and uh, professionally and with other relationships. It touches every aspect of your life. Let's talk about those positive benefits, those positive consequences. What would make someone say, all right, I got to I gotta work on this because of what Kathy just said. <laughs> mm, yeah, so uh, all of those areas that I mentioned, right? Those are the things that increase when your emotional intelligence is higher. So your communication is better because you're recognizing um, you know, well, what is this emotion that I'm having? Uh, am I going to make a choice to act on it or not? That's going to have a consequence. Oh, am I recognizing what's going on with this person right now? I, I see that there's a shift in their emotions. And I'm, if I just sort of barrel over them and I'm ignoring what's going on with them, they're probably, you know, they might not even hear what I'm saying. So all of those things that I mentioned increase things that might decrease are you know, stress, um, you know, uh, uh, conflict, um, uh, mismanagement of relationships at work and productivity. Those are the things that decrease, you know, and that's good. And, or, um, they get better no matter what, uh, when your EI is higher. So, so many benefits um, to having high emotional intelligence. 
Yeah, when you think about workplace morale and, and mm -hmm. leadership, I mean, who wants more conflict and miscommunication? All those things right? you just said, right? It's it's like, I, I've got the magic bullet. Yeah. I got the magic yeah. bullet for that, emotional intelligence. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, when people say they work in a toxic environment, yeah. I mean, EI alone isn't going to fix that, but boy, it's it's partly where you'd want to start. It's definitely one of the places you'd want to start, for sure. Ooh. Yes. Because people are then just reacting and reacting and reacting and reacting, mm -hmm. you know, because all that trust is gone. Um, and that takes a lot to build back. But if you're not starting with that, uh, it's probably never going to get better unless everybody leaves and a new crew comes in. But still, it's <laughs> it's still not going to fix the problem. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. Well, what are the main tenets of emotional intelligence? And just give us a short rundown of each of them. Sure. So there are four areas measured. Uh, Self-recognition or awareness is another good word for that. Social recognition, self-management, and social management. So recognition is all about identification, attentiveness, and awareness of emotions and temperament. Management is about discipline, regulation and response to emotions, right? So each of these measures are applied to the self and to relationships with others. That's that social piece. So within each of those, we offer a total of 20 measured subcategories, five for each of those areas that further reveal our ability to recognize, understand, and manage the emotions um, uh, uh, manage our own emotions or identity, right? And, or identify, relate to, and empathize with the emotions of others. So let me just say that again, because I kind of stumbled over a couple of words. So, so it helps us to recognize, understand, and manage our own emotions or identify, relate to, and empathize with the emotions of other people. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. So that's kind of in a nutshell, all of the things that we're looking at. You could be strong in three of the four, two of the four, and weak in a couple, right? It wouldn't be across the board. That's exactly I'm excellent right. in all of these. That's exactly right. For example, you know, part of social or self-recognition is, um, you know, emotional identification. And another part of it is self-appreciation. Now, you might be really good at being able to identify your own emotions beyond mad, sad, and glad, right? The basics. But maybe you're, you know, have lower self-esteem or you don't necessarily see your own self-worth, right? So you could be really high in one area and lower or struggle with another area. And But each of them is going to, it's like a loop. Each of them is going to impact the others. Right. And so what we do then when we look at this is we look at where are you strong and where are your challenges and how can we use your strengths to kind of build up those challenging areas? And we give you suggestions for how to do that. Very positive approach, a strengths based approach mm -hmm. <clears throat> makes you don't feel like, oh, you're just beating me up with this survey. Right. Or this, right. this assessment. Right. The, like, no, you have some gift areas here. And right. let's just bring them to bear in these other areas and, and you'll get stronger there too. Yeah, absolutely. Which, um, yeah, go ahead. I remember you telling me one of the four is the most important. Would you tell our yeah. listeners which one, where, where uh, they should start? Oh, yes. I'm going to give people 
a moment to guess. <laughs> <laughs> say, so, say the four again. Say the four the again. The four again are <laughs> self-recognition or awareness, social recognition, self-management, and social management. The foundation of all emotional intelligence has to be self-recognition, self-awareness. Ding. Ding, ding, ding. So do I get the prize, Paul? Do I get the prize? Well, I'm giving myself a prize because I go. remembered. There you go. Good job. Yeah. You know, if you're not able to recognize your own emotions, it makes it really difficult for you to recognize things in other people. And mm -hmm. it also makes it really hard for you to manage your emotions if you're not recognizing what's going on with you. And so you may be displaying some adverse behaviors that are then having an impact on both yourself and other people and not even know it, right? So it has to start with self-recognition, you bet. Yeah, that's called a blind spot, isn't it? When you have that's no right. idea that you are coming across a certain way that's in your right. brain, you're thinking they all heard me or I had good motives or I, and everybody's behind your back at the water cooler or right. the virtual water cooler going, going like, can you believe she said that? Can you believe right. he said that? Does he not get it? Right. Whew. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You bet. Or when you're, when you're out in the store, you know, you know, and somebody's just really, really close to you, you're getting in that, you know, this is just kind of a basic, you know, non-work example. You're in the paying line, the line, you know, to pay for whatever it is that you're buying. And somebody's really close to you, like inches away, like breathing down your neck. And there's just no social awareness whatsoever there. <laughs> right? I've been there. Right? Yeah. Or they're taking forever and they're digging through their stuff or they're whatever. There's no awareness of the impact that that's having on other people around them. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. So if self-recognition, that whole self-awareness piece is 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 core to all the other ones. Mm -hmm. What what suggestions would you give? to someone that says, I want to get better at that. Right. So, so, you know, EI is based on an internal loop. Um, so, you know, where do we start? So it's based on an internal loop that begins with that awareness of self, identifying our own emotions. So it continues on through understanding and then moves towards discipline and management. So after that initial personal cycle, EI can then be used to connect our emotions uh, to the emotions of others, but it has to start with us. So understanding uh, who we are helps us to know how to more effectively manage ourselves in, in different circumstances and relationships. So one really great way to start is to take a moment when you're experiencing any emotion and try to identify the following. Number one, what's the emotion? Beyond just mad, sad, and glad, what is this emotion, especially if it's an intense one, good or bad, right? What caused or triggered it? That's number two. Where did that come from? Number three, is it an appropriate emotion to act upon? That one's hard, <laughs> especially if the emotion is intense and you really want to act upon it, taking that beat and asking yourself if it's really appropriate to do so, right? That can be hard. And number four, think about what the consequences would be of acting on the emotional, uh, on the emotion, either in an instinctual way 
or should we consider a different course of action? So just that increased awareness and attentiveness to those areas, even if we do nothing else differently, that alone will increase our level of EI as if we moved or as we move through our experience. Okay, so starting to boost EI, EI though, I, I wanna say it can be a little tricky because it's not like an immediate, you know, responsive exercise. Sure, sure. You know, you have to put forth effort continuously and consciously. And sometimes the results aren't very obvious for a while. But if you stick with it, if you stay the course and actively engage in building your recognition and management skills with self and others, the results I promise you of increased EI will come but you have to stick with that. You just have to know you're not going to see immediate results. That's so helpful because you could say, all right, I'm going to try this with my spouse tonight. Right. And you, and you haven't <laughs> behaved, you haven't behaved this way for, for 12 years, you know, right. and then today right. you're going to do that. And they, they didn't respond to your, your, your beautiful articulation yeah. of your emotion or feeling. Yeah. Right. Keep trying, keep yeah, trying keep because trying. you've got to overcome this track record. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. what's the emotion? What triggered it? Is this an appropriate uh, emotion to act upon? And what are the consequences if I do act upon it? That, that's a great uh, methodology for helping you become more self-aware. Yeah. How about, how about social awareness? Uh, you, you mentioned yeah. like uh, recognizing what's going on in this person in front of me or my team in front mm -hmm. of me or my, my right. child in, right. in front of me. I, I would say I, I have a, oh, I'm going to say 20% maybe of my clients that have said that they don't, they're not, this isn't a skill for them. Like they want to get better at being able to read a situation or a person. How can right. you help them? So the very first thing that you have to get good at in order to be good with recognizing in other people is that exercise that I just told you with yourself. Yep. And with that, it's going to come because you're tuning into your own emotions and identifying them potentially in a way that you've never done before. Naturally, then if you're paying attention to other people, when you're talking to them, you're going to start to be able to tap into those things in a better way. Now, you might not be the expert that somebody else is. Some people are very instinctual about this. They can easily read between the lines. Other people are not really initially wired that way, but this is a learned skill, right? So it has, again, that self is what's going to feed into that. But then start to really ask yourself, as you're having conversations with the person, Really listen to what they're saying. Don't let your brain get distracted with all the other things that you need to do. That happens so often. Or when a person asks you a question, you know, it's so, it's so, you know, you're walking by in the hall, hallway or whatever, you know, and it's just an instinctual response, but you're not really focusing on what you're saying, what they're saying. You're thinking about the next five things that you need to accomplish. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Yep. Um, take a moment, take a beat, think about what they're saying and listen to their tone of voice, read their posture. If you're in person, a lot of people give you clues that you have to slow down and pay attention to. Right. And often we're so busy that we don't pay attention to that. Again, it's going to start with self, but those are some of the things that you can do when you're talking to other people really pay attention. <clears throat> 
you can often see yeah, can really very see subtle shifts. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and that's when you know you're really growing in this area when you when you can pick up those subtle shifts, those those little those little cues like they just folded their arms and pushed back in their chair, or, right. or you know went you know with their lips like they like they got flustered or right. like right. something just happened there, and then you can right. check it out with them and say I noticed you hesitated or I noticed you smiled when right. I said that. Uh, right. What's behind that? Yeah. And then it's like okay. Yeah, your eyes dropped. Um, or I saw, I saw your shoulders kind of shrug or slump, or you took a little breath yeah. there. What, what just happened? And, and you don't have to try and figure out what it is. That's the no. thing. people often think, oh, I have to figure out, I have to interpret it. You don't know what you know is that something just happened. So all you have to do is ask them, Hey, I just noticed this happened. What, what's going on there. Right. And often they're going to appreciate Oh gosh, you're paying attention. <laughs> ah, yeah, you're being a good coach. We can all be good coaches in our life with our friends, with our family, at work, um, and that. And listening really is the epicenter of empathy, I believe. And if you want to really up that skill, you got to become a better listener, and you yes. got to check stuff out. So I love that. That's right. So That's how right. EI, how does EI go hand in glove with other assessments like the DISC behavioral one? Because I would assume you'd you'd recommend our listeners to take many of them <laughs> to, to improve their self-awareness, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, EI brings additional insight into other assessments, right? So you can think of it like peeling back the layers of an onion to uncover and discover more about how we operate and identify, you know, what makes others tick too, right? So for example, the DISC assessment covers our observable behaviors and high-level emotional responses and our patterns of behavioral tendencies in a variety of situations, environments, and relationships. So EI adds a deeper layer to that by really focusing in on our emotional data that's associated with those styles and the behavior. Right. And then diving deeper into our ability to perceive um, and access and generate emotions all at different levels. Um, you know, we are way too complicated for just one assessment. Right. There is yep. no true. That's why I, I never use the, the term personality test because we are uh, each assessment really is only measuring part of your personality. We're just way too complicated for one thing, right? Yeah, and it's like a so little, it, like an MRI slice of your life. That's yes, all you're getting. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And each of these assessments help you dive deep into that particular aspect. And then you learn to put them together and you see patterns, right? So for example, you've done this, you've done DISC and you've done EIQ, right? So, you know, we know often that high influencing eye styles, very social people often score lower in self-appreciation because they care about what other people think. They care about their relationships. So you can see correlations um, and where people might be expected that they might need to do a little bit of work before they even take it, unless they've already done that work. So they really do go hand in glove. Motivators. You know, that's a different level of understanding what motivates you uniquely and what does not motivate you. And based on that, is your behavior disc in alignment with what it is that you want? And therefore, are you satisfied in life? 
in a nutshell, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. So it's building a greater understanding of who we are and how we relate to other people. So you have a great understanding of birth, uh, of both, right? You know how this works. Yeah, but it would be great if you could share uh, a little bit more on the DISC and EIQ. So we, a couple episodes ago, if you've been listening to GFT, Glenda Woolley was on and gave us sort of the overview of DISC. So if you've been a, a faithful listener, you've heard that already. So Kathy, you yes. mentioned the influencer, the high eye, yes. also struggles with, like you said, self-appreciation. Talk a little bit about the other three styles, the DS and the C, and maybe what their typical struggles are with EIQ. Yeah, sure. Um, and and there's actually another thing that I'll, I'll demonstrate, you know, high versus low EIQ yeah. with, with each of the styles. So, you know, yeah. D and C styles might often uh, inherently struggle with uh, emotional identification because it's just kind of not mm. something that they pay attention to. Um, if I have a D or a really high C style who comes in and uh, to me and they score high in that, I, inevitably they've done some work, right, to get them there. So the good news is even if you struggle in an area, you can work on that. You can fix that. Um, it's common for S styles also to struggle with um, self-appreciation, but from the perspective of self-worth because they tend to see the worth of everybody else around them. And that's where they pour their energy. You know, they're taking care of everybody else. And so often they don't see their own self-worth. So those are some of the key things that I see quite often, or maybe self-discipline. D's and I's often have a really hard time with that because they're just really fast paced. Um, They might be impulsive, you know, uh, um, S's and C's kind of slow down. So they're more, they are naturally more disciplined. Um, so, so things like that. And our, we actually have an assessment that uh, is combined and we show where we might expect somebody to score in each of the areas, unless they've done some work. The other thing that I want to focus on, and I actually did a webinar on disc and stress and crisis almost two years ago when COVID was six to eight, eight weeks into COVID, Uh, where we talked about disc styles and unusual uh, behaviors that might seem unusual because they're under extreme stress or crisis. And at the end, I brought in EIQ. You can find that on our website under the resources and all of our webinars are there. But for example, a, a very high, let's say a high D has high emotional intelligence. They're going to be assertive. They're going to be ambitious. They're going to be leaders, right? That's what we want. That same person, if they have low emotional intelligence, they might be aggressive, demanding, egotistical, right? That's not what we want. I styles, high emotional intelligence are going to be charming, enthusiastic, social, sociable, motivators, right? That same person, low emotional intelligence, uh, they may be selfish. They're going to be a poor listener. They might be impulsive. Um, they might manipulate, right? Um, S styles, uh, high emotional intelligence are going to be patient, stable, consistent. Same one with low emotional intelligence. They might be passive, um, stubborn, <laughs> right? Um, and then C styles, high emotional intelligence are going to be careful, detailed. They're going to be neat, organized. Low emotional intelligence, critical, picky, fussy, right? So it has a direct correlation and direct patterns that we can see. Absolutely. 
Yeah, thank you for for connecting a couple of those dots, and you can see that no style is better than another. That's it's just right. When you when you've got what well, you've got, your, you're playing your A game with yes. emotional intelligence. How you really are living your best version of you, and right. when you're not, ugh, a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, destructive tendencies can happen. Absolutely. So good stuff. Well, Kathy, let's wrap up with what do you okay. want to promote for our listeners' personal leadership development, and mm-hmm. how can our GFT listeners best contact you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I would say, um, uh, you know, in terms of it, going back to those two basic principles of people want to know that you're, you care and that you're fair. It all comes from this. The more of this you can do for yourself, the more that's going to come out in you and the better your relationships are going to be. So in terms of assessments for leaders um, and for anybody, really, I definitely recommend DISC and EIQ for sure. Um, and we have plenty of others that people can use. We have our motivators and we have a lot of tools. We have, you know, leadership effectiveness. We have 360s. We even have a kid's disc, by the way, a kid's wow, version of cool. disc, which is fantastic. Um, and then I would suggest, you know, how do they contact us? Our website has everything you need to know, assessments24x7.com. Over on the right, you can click on contact. You can fill out a form and tell us what you're interested in. And we'll route it to the right person. There's an email there. Um, and then if you go to resources and you're curious about our webinars or diving deeper into what are assessments and why should I use them, all of that information is under the resources. And plenty of additional information there. Super. Well, thanks, Kathy, for all you added value to the listeners and today and keep growing forward. Thank you for having me. It was great. So I have some takeaways from Kathy today, and maybe you had some of the same ones. Love that people need to hear that you care and that you're fair. Uh, That applies in all areas of our life. We talked about in leadership or in any situation uh, to plan, but also be open to the unexpected and opportunities that might be coming your way. Go with the flow, seek out good counsel, and then say, let's figure this out together. Love that. The top four biggies for uh, improving your self-awareness was a real, those are real gems, weren't they? What's the emotion? What triggered it? Is this the appropriate uh, emotion to act upon? And what are the consequences if I do act upon it? Great, great stuff. The GFT podcast is all about putting the practical tips from my guests into action for your personal leadership development. And remember, if you learn something and you don't put it into action within 72 hours, those valuable gems start to slip out of your brain gradually until they lose their value to your life. If you have a guest that would be great for this show or know of another podcast that you think I'd add value to, please reach out at growingforward@paulcasey.org. And I will say thank you in advance because of that you took that time to contact me. Thank you for listening to episode 18. Have you told your achiever friends about this podcast yet? Please spread the word to those who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. And until next week, keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel.